right, loves, I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Thriving Together podcast. If you did, I would love to have you subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and please be sure to rate and review the show, especially if you liked it, because it really helps make sure that this content gets to more and more people. Thanks so much for listening, and I cannot wait to be with you for the next episode. excited to be here with you for another episode of Thriving Together. We are in the studio today with Lisette Calvero, who is honestly someone I feel like the whole episode I'm just like fangirling over her because I just absolutely love this woman. She is such a breath of fresh air online. I know I've talked to you all a bunch about how social media can feel just like not that great for me as a highly sensitive person, as someone who is really passionate about boundaries and also really committed to not being in a validation cycle. Social media can feel like the breeding ground for all of those things (laughs) and just can feel really hard to, you know, find, um, yeah, a balance, a balance with it that feels healthy and also fun. And every time I see Lisette's posts and her, you know, content through her stories. I'm even like a subscriber, you know, then they have those like Instagram subscribers, her and one other person is like the only people that I subscribe to on Instagram. Um, and it's just cause I genuinely love her. I just think she's so wonderful and I've really enjoyed getting to know her through her content. She also did an amazing workshop for us in Chronicon's community last year. And if you're a member, you can always catch the replay for that. Um, and you know, if you aren't a member yet, you can always join us and catch all of the replays. We have like literally hundreds of replays at this point with incredible content like the workshop from Lisette. So to tell you a little bit about her, um, Lisette is a Latina digital entrepreneur, and she is an influencer marketing consultant to Fortune 500 brands, social media content creator, and business coach for influencers and personal brands. She's also the founder of Influence with Impact, which is a consultancy that supports influencers and personal brands into turning their social presence into a balanced business with community impact. See, that's why I love her. She supports her clients through one-on-one coaching, workshops, and a signature four-month coaching mastermind, group coaching mastermind. And her consultancy also supports brands in casting community-minded influencers and bringing impactful campaigns to life. She, oh my gosh, she's been featured in so many things like the Today Show, um, Telemundo, NBC, Fox and Friends. She was also named top 10 social media coaches by Yahoo. She's won a Shorty Award. I mean, she's just done so much already. And um, I feel like she's just getting started at the same time. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, you know, if you're, um, if you aren't a member of Chronicon's community, you can join us by going to chronicon.co and Lisette is in there. There's like a bunch of people. I mean, there's hundreds of members in there at this point. And, um, yeah, if you were at Chronicon's live event, um, when we're going to be posting this, it'll be after the May 19th event in New York. So, 
Um, I'm really excited that, you know, so many of you joined us and hopefully will join us in the community as well. So you can go to chronicon.co and check that out. Um, and yeah, I just hope you enjoy this episode. I literally could have talked to her for 10 more hours. This was just so fun. Um, and hopefully we'll be doing more and more with her as time goes on. So here's Lisette Calvero on Thriving Together. Hello, everyone. I'm so thrilled to have one of, honestly, the people that I love to follow probably the most on Instagram, Lisette. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. Right back at you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am like such a fan of you and your work. And I know I first learned about you through Ad Thrive um, because you did like a workshop with us. And, um, yeah, I just remember seeing you and your work and being like, oh my God, is this person for real? Like, are they really this kind and like this creative and this, like all the wonderful things. And then I followed you and I was like, oh, this is like who she is. This is the real deal. And that is just such a breath of fresh air. So thank you for all the work that you do and everything that you put out on the internet for us. That means so much. I feel like the biggest compliment anyone can have is the person you are offline is the person you are online. So thank you. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it's real. And I even subscribed to your like subscriptions on Instagram and I was just like, I hope she doesn't think I'm a weirdo because I like really also want to be your friend, but (laughs) I like, I'm subscribing to everything. I'm following everything. I answer everything. I am like a super fan. Actually, I love that. (laughs) It's so true. And I think the thing that I love about your work, which um, I definitely want to get into, is that you just, I mean, from what it seems to me is like I absorb your work as something that is so authentic and like, and I don't mean that in a generic way. I know that word is used a lot, but it really does feel that way. That's what I look for. I look for someone who wants to do great in their work, wants to thrive in like the work that they're doing for others, wants to support others wants to also like kick ass as a woman entrepreneur. Um, Like you have brought in some incredible results and incredible numbers for your team and your company, but then you do it in this way that's like really kind, really boundaried, you know, and, and that's what I'm absorbing when I'm looking at your stuff. A lot of times when I'm watching your stories and stuff like that, it's to see like how you're modeling the ways to do things in a way that does feel supportive and healthy. So I just wanted to give you all of that love, um, but I also want to know, like, how did you become the person that knew how to work in an industry that is ever-changing, that is, honestly, can be kind of volatile in a lot of ways, and do it from a place of service and passion and, like, genuine kindness? Like, how did you become that person? Where do we begin? (laughs) I was actually having a conversation yesterday with someone, um, just to give you some perspective, who was really struggling with numbers, right? We all go through that on social media. She said, another peer of mine who I love and respect is growing so much, much, much faster than me. And we do the same thing. I don't get it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I could care less about numbers today. But three years ago, I was having those same exact thoughts you were. So A, you're held, your feelings are valid. Um, But how I got from that point to where I am now, where I can get 
five views on a video and I would not, I genuinely would not care. Does it sting for a second? Yeah. And then you like turn around and you're like, I don't care. And it's because I built so much purpose around the work that I do in ways that I could control. So what we can't control is who watches our stuff, if the algorithm decides to favor us today, if we get any sort of support from the algorithm today, what we can control is the intention behind what we're putting out there. So I worked really hard to find that intention in everything that I do. Every time I put any posts out there, my question is, what is someone meant to take from this today? It might be just for fun. It might be entertaining. And what's funny is if you, if you're, if you're a numbers, if you're a science person, if you study my content, you can see that that's the question I'm asking. You know, sometimes I might just post a video that says there's only one purpose to this video today. And it's that the sweater made me really happy. And it's because the question I ask is I'm about to post this fashion video, which is super irrelevant to the rest of my content. What do I want someone to take from it? And I want them to take a feeling of joy and a feeling of happiness. So I'm always asking myself, those questions, which I think translates into what you're describing, which is people feeling like that I look so much more aligned, that I look so much more confident, but it's because my purpose does not rely on those elements and variables that I can't control. It's me, the direction I'm headed, this type of service I want to offer people. And whether only one person receives that or a hundred thousand, I feel good about it. Oh, I love that so much. And you're so right. Like That is the thing that I really resonate with because I have struggled so much with exactly what your friend was saying, you know, and I think it's only been probably since I've started Chronicon's community that I've felt a little bit less of that because I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, like four people saw my Instagram story. Like, I feel like no one cares. And then I'll go into the community and I'm like, oh, there are like hundreds of people that genuinely want like what I specifically have to say and they like are looking for it and like interacting with it. And yeah, it it has been that whole unlearning around like this thing that you can't control called social media and like just how much it can really, really um, dictate how you feel about yourself in a way that is so damaging and like, yeah, and it's rampant, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not just like one or two people who feel this way. It's so many people. Oh yeah. And I think that's the number one thing that holds creators back is the comparison trap and feeling like, ugh, my numbers, they're just like not performing. And what's so interesting is that when we say the numbers aren't working, we're usually fixated on like one or two episodes or one or two days where it was really bad. And we completely lose sight of all the times where it was actually pretty good. Or we completely lose sight that like we are actually on par on average when you take a big high level, you know, forest view, but we're so focused on the little trees, the three trees that are rotten, right? So it's, it's really taking that step back as well when you're taking care of your mindset to really move past all that anxiety around numbers. Yeah, I love that so much. It's really helpful. I hope people who are listening are like, okay, I'm going to think about my social media a little bit differently because watching your stuff really has helped. I feel like you share stuff all the time and I'm just like, she's doing it. Like I can totally do this. Um, So thank you for all of that. And something that's actually coming up for me, which I didn't expect myself to want to ask, but I'm going to go there because that's what we do. We do that and thriving together. Um, I remember you posting recently about turning 30 and like how you actually like don't talk that much about your age or you didn't in the past, I should say, but now you're being more vocal about, you know, this is who I am. This is how old I am. 
you're an expert in your field and you're also considered young in a lot of ways, right? Like quote unquote young. And so I wanted to understand, you know, I'm 12 years older than you. Okay. I'm going to be 42 in like a month. And, you know, what has you really start to own your age matched with your expertise and just like that growth edge around what other people might think you should be versus what you are and what you know is so valuable about yourself? Oh my gosh. Well, I will say from a visual description standpoint, you do not look 12 years older than me. We look the same age. Um, but what is very interesting to me is that came from a very big limiting belief around age, always feeling like the younger one. And it's because when I graduated college, I was actually two years younger than most of my peers. I was that girl that did dual enrollment. I was the girl who was, you know, advanced. And at the time, I was so excited about that. I was like, I got to go to college at the same time as I did high school. And I graduated with my associates before my high school diploma. And I was like, yeah, rock on. And then when I got to the workforce, people were like, slow down, 20-year-old. You know, So I really went from I am super overachieving to all my dreams being crushed. And I really did let other people get to me. And you know, when you're younger, you also have no boundary, no way to protect limiting beliefs. They just keep festering. And for years, I just ended up saying, all right, well, I'm going to try this boundary, which is I'm just never going to talk about my age. I'm just like not talking about it, not addressing it, which in some ways was like a safety mechanism. It was, I don't have to address it. We move on. But then as I was turning 30, I was like, this is a pretty cool milestone. You know, you're turning 30 and no one knows that you're turning 30. No one gets to celebrate that with you. No one gets to look back at your achievements and say, how cool that you were able to do all this by 30. And then I flipped a switch and I said, oh, hiding my age was really about protecting myself, but I was not actually working through that problem. So I ended up kind of working through it on the behind the scenes side, a lot of limiting belief work. I'm a big believer in journaling, habit tracking to like really change our beliefs. So I did that. And then I finally came out on social media when I felt safe enough, uh, because that's a big thing for me, like safety on social media always. And I said, I'm 30. (laughs) And everyone's like, okay, like it wasn't a big deal. And I'm like, great. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Um, and again, like then you, all the differing opinions come, right? The younger folks are saying, wow, what a role model. The older folks are like, how cool, um, she was able to do that. I'm, you know, and I'm so much older, but it doesn't matter what age you start, finish, do pivot. Like, it's cool. Everyone's like, that's cool. You know, like that we get to do those things. So, Um, It was really a really fun moment, but it was a lot of work around that limiting belief of I'm too young. And then guess what? When I'm 50, I might think I'm too old. So I'm glad that I was working on these things, right? Because society is always going to tell you too much of one thing or the other. So you might as well find confidence in where you are today and run with that. Yeah, I really appreciate that because as someone, you know, I have like kind of the opposite experience. First of all, learning all of that about like you're, you know, going to school, like in college and high school at the same time. I like barely got through school because I could not concentrate. I have said so many times on this podcast, like I am not a linear learner. I'm an experiential learner. So school was not my jam. Um, and then like something else, which I'm going to want to talk to you about as well, is just like with my health journey you know, it really set me back from starting my career. Like I was pretty much immobile for the first half of my 20s and couldn't, you know, carry a job. So a lot of times I look at the fact that I'm 42 almost and I'm like, oh, I actually don't feel this way anymore. But definitely in my mid 30s, 
I would feel so bad, you know, in the opposite direction and be like, oh my God, there are people who are, you know, so much younger than me. Like how come whatever. And I have a lot of friends that are younger than me, you know, and they are kind of achieving things that I'm just now achieving. And it's been such a kind of, it's been a beautiful journey actually to see that, you know, it's actually not, um, there's no roadmap. There's absolutely no roadmap for this. And I think especially for those people who are living with chronic conditions or maybe have traumas in their life where things have had to be delayed, I think it's just as valuable to look at that side of things too. And yeah, I wanted to ask you actually about that as well because you've been so much more vocal, I feel. I mean, I know I just discovered you in like last year, but I do sense that like it's been more something that you've talked about with your health. So I wanted to just kind of dive into that a little bit because we do have so many people Mm -hmm. who are listening to the podcast that have chronic conditions. And I wanted to understand like you know, what has that journey been like for you? And as somebody who is so driven and has so many goals and dreams and aspirations and things that you're like genuinely achieving every day, how has your chronic illness journey influenced your work life too? So yeah, start wherever you feel called to start. That was a big All of one. it. Well, for context to those listening, I was diagnosed with a few autoimmune diseases. The most prevalent in my life would be celiac disease and pernicious anemia, which affects the blood. And of course, as we know with autoimmunity, it's a roulette of symptoms. It might be fatigue today, might be eczema tomorrow. Like you never know what you're going to get. So it's been a long journey of just mystery illness. And what, when it really kicked off for me was in the college years. And one interesting thing about me in college, in high school, I felt so supported. I was just in special programs that were smaller groups of classes. I felt like my learning was supported. In college, you're in a room with like 500 people. That was very hard for me. So thankfully, I only had to do a short stint of it because I don't know how I would be able to do as much as others were doing. And during that time, I really started to experience a lot of the today symptoms that I have of the autoimmune disease. And I couldn't figure out what it was. Everyone would just tell me, you're just stressed, college transition, you know, a lot of gastro issues. Oh, it's just IBS. You know, all women have IBS, they believe. So I was really just kind of like danced around the health subject. So I ignored it for a long time. I was like, okay, well, they're telling me it's normal. So I guess let me just get used to it. So I spent all my 20s kind of overachieving, truly like burning my body out without knowing that I actually had to take care of my body, that it wasn't as basic or simple as everyone was saying. And all of that really caught up to me. I would say about two years ago, I was in a full burnout episode, like the physical fatigue, urgent care every week because my body was like giving up. So that happened again, not knowing I had an autoimmune disease as an added layer to all of this. I just assumed I worked myself too hard. And I think it's a combination, right? When you have chronic illnesses, it's not that you can't do as much as others. You can't achieve as much as others. Your boundaries just look different, but I had no boundaries because I didn't know that that was existing in my life. So we spent all this time really trying to figure it out. And I got to a point where I started talking a little bit on social media about my burnout, but I felt almost embarrassed about it. I was like, I've achieved all this stuff. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, like Lightning McQueen and like go Lisette. And then me saying, actually, I did way too much and I burnt out. I was like, what kind of role model am I setting? So I felt really embarrassed about it. But once I felt safe to talk about it, it was still vulnerable, but I felt safe opening up people saw themselves in those stories. They were like, I've been there. I've also been burnt out. So it really added a nice layer of connection. And I felt like, wow, sharing the story 
did feel good. It helped someone else. It helped someone avoid it. It also helped someone feel less alone if they're going through it. So when I, long story long, found out what all these symptoms actually were, all the autoimmune diseases, I was first in shock, of course, because I'm like, this is 10 years of trying to figure something out. Like we couldn't just, why couldn't we figure this out earlier? Um, but once I actually took ownership of that, then I came on social media and started talking about it again because the burnout story, I think, almost like trained me to be able to feel safe talking about the chronic illness journey. And it's been so beautiful to see, again, A, people feeling seen and feeling like, wow, you know, I'm so glad that another entrepreneur also struggles with these things, having to randomly take days off because fatigue is really hitting you today. Um, or then other people who have been like, this inspired me to go talk to my doctor about something. We, not, we might not share the same disease, but I'm so glad that you're taking ownership of your health. And a lot of the themes around my social media have always been this idea of advocating for yourself as a creator, owning your story. And it paralleled into this because while we're talking about the healthcare space now, I've empowered people to go ask their doctors questions, go demand 30-minute meetings, not five. Um, just today, I was asking a doctor, I have a new primary care doctor, and I said, by the way, these are the tests that I'm going to ask you to order for me, my labs, to monitor the things that I'm going through. If you don't feel comfortable doing this, I will go find another doctor. And after some back and forth, they were like, we understand why you need it. We'll order it. You know, so like not even knowing you can ask questions to your doctors. Again, I don't poise my, position myself as an expert in the healthcare space or the chronic illness space on my social, but I share snippets of my story in this way to inspire people to feel like they can advocate for themselves, which then translates to advocating for yourself at work, advocating for yourself with your friends. Like it just translates these themes. So that's why I find it really important to be open about it. Oh, oh my gosh. I can just like see people listening to this in their apartments or homes and just deeply resonating with what you just said. We talk about advocacy all the time in Chronicon. And I think the thing that's coming up for me after hearing that is what, what had you know that you could advocate for yourself? Like that's not something I was ever taught for sure. So what had you realize that you can do that and then start to access that in all these different areas? It was twofold, actually. I did have some mentorship throughout the chronic illness journey where I was kind of seeing others model what could and could not be done. And I will say my best friend of over 12 years now, she is someone who has ulcerative colitis and a few other chronic illnesses, and she's pretty late stage. So I was just seeing how she would, you know, call the insurance companies and demand that this claim was, you know, fixed. And just seeing someone else do it, modeling for me really, really helped. And then I think I also got to that point where I was like, enough is enough. If I don't advocate for myself, no one will. You know, it's been 10 years and no one else was advocating for me. So I have to be the one asking questions. I have to be the one pushing. And of course, all respect to doctors, but they're just so busy. You know, they're not thinking of us as human beings or thinking of us as another appointment most of the time. So just kind of giving myself permission to demand what I needed for my health from these experts. So a little bit of, of both of that kind of like hitting the wall so many times forces you to advocate and then really seeing others do it, which is why I think it's so important to share these stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I resonate with that so much. I think one of the things I talk about a lot is like, I, I hate that we have to be the ones, you know, to do that labor. And, but I think until we have like systemic change, it's, it's, it's on us, you know? Yeah. And so like, it sucks. Like I wish it wasn't that way, but the fact that it is like, we just have to kind of keep showing up for it, you know? Yeah. 
it sometimes feels like you're wearing like three hats, like an insurance claims processor, a doctor, a lawyer. <laughs> so yeah. And you just want to be a patient sometimes and you just yeah. want to be healing and exist. But yeah. 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 And I think that's why spaces, you know, even like the one that you create, you know, in your, um, in your Instagram and your stories with your subscription. Mm -hmm. And I know also with like your mastermind, Mm -hmm. I'm always seeing posts about your mastermind and stuff like that. I think it's just so important to have more and more spaces where people are doing what we need to be doing and like showing that and modeling that, like you said. Um, and so the other thing I wanted to talk about, I'm taking a little bit of a turn, but it's okay. I, I know you can handle it. Um, <laughs> is that this month in Chronicons community, we are talking all about joy and that is the theme. And we, by the time this episode airs, we would have already had our live event and like all this stuff, which we're really excited about. But I want to know, like, while you're navigating all of these things, you are working with so many different clients. You're working with so many huge brands, like some of the most incredible brands that people are like, oh, my God, how do I even get close to those brands? Like, you are in the pocket with them. Okay. So just that alone feels like it would be stressful, although I know it's also incredibly enjoyable. Um, And, you know, you're dealing with all this stuff with your health. So what are the ways that you sort of cultivate joy every day or throughout your life um, that you can share with us? Yeah. So joy is very important for me. Actually, I would say out of all my values, joy is one of the top. And it's because I do believe that joy is the antidote to all the things that we have going on with our mindset, with our mental health, with the resistance we find every single day. So for me, I think joy is... Going back to the idea of just like existing, it's not even, it's not something I plan, I strategize for. I just find ways to exist every single day, whether it means I'm doing a silly little dance and I'm sharing it on stories because I want others to feel that energy, or I found a really good book that I'm reading and this is exciting. It's never planned. It's just like being in my full existence. Um, I sometimes describe joy as those moments where I feel like I'm floating in the universe. I'm like, ah, I'm just floating here. I'm just existing. This is so fun. Um, And I think it's because a lot of us, especially in the chronically ill community, you don't feel like you have permission to just be a person. You feel like you're always, you know, thinking about the next thing you have to do in life, the next chapter of healing, the next this, that meeting or that appointment you have to go to what if we just sit back and exist? So for me, that's how I kind of try to incorporate it into my life. And of course, finding those things that feel aligned to your purpose, right? So social media, as we've talked, can be a little bit of a dark place. And I try to find joy, always reminding myself of the purpose, the purpose, you know, that one DM you get of someone saying, I felt this, or that one DM of this brought a smile to my face today. That really encompasses joy for me. Yeah, I love that. And it it's so true for me too. Like what I what I thought about when you were sharing that is just how when you do have a chronic condition specifically, it can become your whole identity and I know, I mean I got sick really young, so it it really was my entire identity and I didn't really know much else about myself. So for what you're saying, just to yes, of course, you've got to go to the meetings, you've got to go to the doctor's appointments, you got to get the supplements, mm-hmm. you got to do all the things. <laughs> it's not taking away from any of that, but honoring and acknowledging that you have all of these other parts of yourself that you love. So, can you share a little bit about some of those parts of yourself? I want to like see if it gives anybody else some ideas too. 
Oh, yeah. Um, it's so funny. My brain is going to, what do you do when you just exist? Because that, that is how I train my brain into it, right? Now. Like I said, I'm really big in habit tracking, and I'll be like, all right, you have 30 minutes to exist. What are you going to do? It's usually a combination of something relating to music and arts. Uh, I love music. I was actually a musical theater, pretty much like my growing up and early years of college. So I love singing, playing the piano, dancing around. That for me is very, very fun. Um, I also really do love reading because it, while it does put me to sleep easier, I'm really working on that. I'm like, it's just too cozy. Um, I really enjoy the idea of kind of getting lost in someone else's world and reading a book, not being connected to your phone to me is really exciting. I also well, I live in Denver, Colorado for this purpose. I love the outdoors. So if I can go outside, go on a little walk, that for me is really special. And even like in warmer days, I will just sit and like stare at the mountains. That for me is very, very beautiful. It's almost like the mountains for me represent this like big thing you think you can't achieve. But I know because I've driven up to it, I know that it is achievable. So I just love like looking at them. And yeah, and then just spending time with people you love, of course, you know, like laughing with your friends, laughing with your family, calling them. That for me is where joy resides. Oh, I love all of that. I especially love what you said about the mountains. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't have to be intimidated by them. Maybe when I'm near a mountain next, although I'm in Brooklyn right now, so I'm not sure when that will be. Uh, maybe industrial can, mountain. Yeah, industrial mountains, exactly. Um, well, the other thing I wanted to talk about is I know you recently got engaged congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. And it's been really beautiful to see your journey with your partner and how you and Justin, right? Just, yeah. Justin, yeah. I haven't met him, so I'm just making sure. <laughs> um, you and Justin, you know, share what is going on with your relationship and in a way that's definitely like still keeping stuff private, but like in a mm -hmm. way that you think will actually help your audience in some way. And I wanted to know, because one of the things that we get asked a lot about in Chronicons community mm -hmm. is just how people navigate relationships while they're living mm. with their chronic illnesses. <laughs> I know that's like a whole episode in and of itself, but I just want to know, like, how has that been? And I know you've known Justin for a little while, but then like, it seems yeah. like your conditions have changed more recently and things like that. So what was that journey like? And yeah, what can you share with us about how you've been navigating it together? It's so interesting because when I met Justin, now we've been together for five years, I was in my corporate burnout phase where I was just staying to work till 8 p.m. every day, arriving at nine, not prioritizing my health. And I had a period in that life where I actually was really into working out, but almost from a very, you know, obsessive compulsive arena. Like I thought if I didn't work out twice a day, I wasn't doing enough and kind of forcing myself to, again, burn my body out, not knowing that there was that underlying layer. And very early into our relationship, I actually had an injury while working out. Again, overworking your body and it just kind of gave up. And I went through about a year where I couldn't go back to the gym because of this injury. And that was really kind of getting at my mental health. For context, when I met Justin, he was in the personal trainer and fitness space. So it was very interesting to navigate. Like his passion was the thing that I had to avoid. And it kind of did 
cause a little bit of friction because in the beginning I thought I wasn't good enough because I wasn't living up to his like health standards, um, which I think going through that early on in our relationship was nice because we got that out of the way. And I think that that was my first almost like foray into boundary setting, into expectations, being more kind to yourself, um, even understanding each other's triggers, right? Like he would see me burning out, not taking care of myself because he valued health so much. For him, it was a trigger. And on the flip side, I would see him go to the gym twice a day and I'd be like, well, who gets to go to the gym at 2 p.m.? That's so annoying. It's my trigger, you know? So it really helped to understand that we were triggering each other. And over the years, we worked on that. We worked on being kinder to ourselves, kinder to each other when these triggers happen. Um, even like one thing we say is every time we get into a air quotes argument, we will come back and say, this is what triggered me about that argument. I just want you to know where that escalation came from. And we do that and maybe we're, you know, in that moment, okay to move on from it. Maybe we're not. We give each other the space we need, but it's very much about figuring out why, the why behind all little bickering and things. But aside from that, I think it's so valuable to have had a supportive partner because that is what he has been this entire, entire time. And I think he does have that leg up. Um, you know, his mom has been chronically ill. She has an autoimmune disease as well, or few actually, uh, very similar to what I have. So he saw her going through a lot while growing up. So he kind of knew how to deal with that. Um, but really it all goes back to communication and understanding that if you are having, you know, tiffs, arguments, etc., it's probably your own triggers. So really understanding, huh, where did that come from? And if your partner is then understanding of it, right, we're not asking them to forgive us on the spot if it was a really bad argument, but we're saying if they're willing to understand where things come from, they're willing to give you the space and time to work on it, then that's an amazing supportive partner. Mm, wow. I appreciate that you say that, you know, focusing on your own triggers first is such a big thing. And I mean, I definitely have seen for myself where it can get to the place where I almost take on too much responsibility, but you're talking about being in a healthy relationship that's mutual where you're both doing your work, which I think is really important. And yeah, and I think so much can be resolved if we like look at ourselves and our own stuff. And yeah. it's really um, it's really surprising sometimes how much people are so afraid to do that. And I have compassion for it. I really yeah. do. But I also think like – Things move forward so much more in our lives when we're willing to do that one major thing. So I love that. And have there ever been any times where you have felt, like specifically around your chronic illness journey, where you have felt maybe like intimidated or I don't know what the right word is, but like nervous or extra tender around sharing your health journey with him? Yeah. You know, it the places where I've been a little bit more nervous with him actually mirrors where I'm nervous on social media as well. And I don't take unsolicited advice well. Um, for me, it's very hard to hear someone say, well, why don't you just do this? Because I'm like, mm, you don't know exactly what I'm going through. So please don't give me advice. So sometimes, you know, my partner being as supportive as he is, his default is usually advice. Let's fix the problem. And sometimes I just want to be held. Sometimes I just want to be told, 
you know what, this sucks. And I want someone to hug me and hold me and let me cry about it. And we move on. So we've gotten so much better at that because I've expressed this again, communication. I've been like, hi, I don't, you know, I'll say, I don't want advice right now. I just want love. And he will be like, I'm here. And we, we get love. Sometimes I'd say, Hey, I'm wondering if you can help me decide between these, you know, situation, the situation that I'm going through. And then he's in advice mode. So really it's like, the moments where I just need to be nurtured are sometimes scary. And it's again, the same thing on social media. You've probably seen me say this a lot. I'll say, Hey, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. I didn't, I didn't ask that question. I simply asked X, Y, Z, or I'm simply sharing this to share. Please do not share unsolicited advice. It really triggers me. Yeah. By the way, when you share that on social media, I'm sitting there being like, yeah, listen, that's awesome. Like I love that. And it is a huge pillar of what we do at Chronicon too. Like we are, you are not, it is not okay if you start to give unsolicited advice. And I sometimes, yeah. that's like a boundary I have to hold for the community. Oh my God. And it's so hard because I know I'm looking at someone, you know, in a, in an event or something like that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this person is so kind and they're so sweet and they just like, you know, have been through a lot. So they want to help the other person who's going through a lot. So a lot of times it comes from like the most pure, beautiful place, but it it can be so harmful. And I definitely find, I mean, I don't get as triggered by it as I used to, but I definitely still do get triggered by it. And I find that what the experience is for me is that I hear it as you think I haven't tried everything already. Exactly. Right? And I'm just like, do you want me to spend the next six hours telling you all of the thousands of things that I have tried? Like, don't come here telling me that I haven't tried everything already. Because I have. You know? So I don't know if that resonates with you. Oh, 100%. Or I feel like it's belittling your work, right? It's like, don't you think I've done this research? I live with this every day. Don't you think I've, you know, looked up X, Y, Z? And again, it always comes from a good place. It's like, let me tell you what to do. Um, so I always, it's almost like I'm training my community to think, I don't not appreciate your advice. I'm just not looking for it. And if you feel so enthusiastic and eager to share, why not just reach out and say, hey, if you need my experiences, I would love to send them to you. Thanks. And then I can open up and say, I'm ready to receive. I would love to hear that. You know, so I even try to do that myself as a consumer. There was someone recently who posted about celiac disease in her stories. And I said, Hey, just want to share that I actually have this. If you're ever looking for support or ideas of things that have worked and not worked for me, I'm here to answer. That's it. And like, if she wants it, she'll ask for it. Yeah, I love that. And that is true. You have to train people how to engage with you. And I think that especially when you're opening yourself up to an audience like you are every day, it's just Mm -hmm. so, so important. Um, And so I hope people who are listening know that it's not about, you know, you having bad intentions. It's about Mm -hmm. really just honoring that everybody has their own process. And I also know in the last year, you know, I got a new diagnosis that I was uh, navigating and it was so overwhelming. Like, I, I couldn't handle more people telling me. I was just trying to like keep my feet, you know, on the ground and focus mm-hmm. on the two feet in front of me to get to the next appointment, the next thing. And so anyone telling me anything additional felt like it was going to tip the scale in a way that just like I couldn't handle at the time. So I really appreciate that you, that you do that and also that you train people because that leaves, <laughs> that, that creates a new system, right? Yeah. For people to understand too. 
Um, well, I'm so glad that we got this time together. It is like, I know our theme for the month is joy and I just feel like having you on the show is my joy in this moment oh. because it's true because I know we don't like really know each other, but I just have such deep love for you because of how you are and how you show up and I, I really look up to you and I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, even though I'm 12 years older than you, I'm like, I, I genuinely look up to you and look up to the way that you navigate this thing that I have honestly found really challenging, which is social media, um, as a like hypersensitive, you know, like, you know, yeah, like really porous individual that I am, I find social media really, really, really hard. And so, yeah. yeah. So just seeing every time you post something, it just feels grounding to me. It feels like, okay, I have a spot here. I can like figure my own way out, like all the things. So I know I can like fangirl about you all day, but. <laughs> well, the feeling is mutual, I swear. I always feel like everyone in my community is like a virtual best friend. So they're okay. virtual BFFs, okay? <laughs> and I appreciate so much what you're doing because I think, again, this conversation has revolved so much around people wanting to be seen, feel heard, feel like they can relate to someone else. And I think that's exactly what the Chronicon community does is it allows space for all of us to relate and share pain, share wins, share joy, share all of it. So thank you for creating that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I do have one final question before we totally yes. wrap up. Um, I just had to get my fangirl moment out before I forgot, before I got too overwhelmed and just like hung up or something. Um, so I did want to know, what do you consider your version of thriving? I love that question. My version of thriving is definitely being able to fully exist as you are. So being able to have the confidence to own your story every day, online, offline, being able to say, I get to have joy. I get to have everything that I want to welcome into my life. And of course, this is beyond materialistic wants. It's just about being able to exist fully as yourself in every space that you go to. And for me, that is thriving. It's just like being able to walk in a room and feel ownership of who I am, the the, the inside person, right? So yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Lisa. This was such a beautiful conversation. I would talk to you every day, honestly, if I could. So I'm so happy that we got this chance to connect more. And um, thank you for all the work that you do out there. Likewise. Thank you. All right, loves. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Thriving Together podcast. If you did, I would love to have you subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And please be sure to rate and review the show, especially if you liked it, because it really helps make sure that this content gets to more and more people. Thanks so much for listening. And I cannot wait to be with you for the next episode.